Hey guys, welcome back. Um, this is going to be such an exciting episode. This is a We Really Love Island How Come crossover episode. So exciting. Two podcasts, one great episode for your listening pleasure. Um, this episode came out a little early this week um, because we're going to do two episodes. We've got this crossover and then we've got another episode coming out on Sunday for your regularly scheduled programming. If you love it, obviously, tell us. Go on iTunes, rate us, review us, subscribe, please. We love when you say nice things, but also like we need you to say nice things. It really helps out the podcast um, and we can't keep going without your support. And it, you guys have brought us to this point. Let's Let's take a little further. Let's let's tell more people about Love Island and how come. Um, go on iTunes, review, leave us a five star review. Tell us how you like this episode. Go on Instagram, follow us. How come podcast? Also follow We Really Love Island. Um, how come podcast? We are to ten thousand followers. So exciting! We're really trying to get that swipe up so we can share way more information with you fun stuff articles etc. Buzzfeed quizzes like we've got this fun Buzzfeed quiz that's like should I put this up my butt. A lot of the answers are no. So follow us. How Come Podcast on Instagram. We Really Love Island on Instagram. Both of those things on Twitter. We are always tweeting. Um, and yeah, get ready for this episode. We recorded a few months ago. It was before season five of Love Island. The current season came out. Um, so when we were talking about this past season, we're talking about season four. Um current season of Love Island is amazing. There's also an American version that just came out, which we're watching. Uh, and we're going to talk about that too. But get excited. We're interviewing Love Island contestant Chris Williamson from season one. And he's going to tell us about everything behind the scenes. Um, we're also talking love, relationships, STD screenings, the glorification of stupidity on British TV shows. Um, and he tells us about all of the secrets behind Love Island. They're going to blow your dicks off. They blew my mind. Um, we also talk about relationships, how to break up with someone properly, managing mental health. Um, we talk about everything. And it's so exciting to have this guest because fewer people have been on Love Island than have climbed Mount Everest. Okay. It's a big deal. Like more people apply to Love Island every year than Oxford. And Oxford has like a smaller rejection rate. So we got this guy. You're going to love him. Even if you didn't love him on the show, which we didn't, um, you'll really enjoy this episode. Welcome to We, we really, really Love, love Island. Island. How come? How come? This episode we're talking about... I wanna just... Are you recording? I'm recording. I just waved at Chris Williamson. Hey, you guys. Welcome to How <laughs> Come We Really Love Island crossover episode. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here with Charlotte, of course. Hi. And one of my best friends, Lily Michelle. Who, hi. Hi, Lily. <laughs> um, we just finished season two, and I host every season of We Really Love Island with a different pal and Love Island fan. Uh, so Emily Wilson was season one with me, and Lily just did season two with me. I'm going to do season three, season four. We're going to do season five, and um, we're also going to be recapping the American Love Island that just came out on CBS. We watch episode by episode, and then we dissect it episode by episode and talk about how like it's changed the conversation of love and gender and sex. And yeah. It's been my favorite. It's the best show of all time. Of all it's time. It's so good. Do you yeah. remember? Wait, Charlotte, do you remember when you didn't watch it? And yeah, and, and I, I were... shit on you so much for it. <laughs> I was like, what is this trash you're watching? And you're now like, stop I'm talking about it. So oh my obsessed. God, wait, it's in this gross. very living room. In this very <laughs> living room we were watching bachelor in paradise yes and, and you yeah. kept and changing the conversation <laughs> and i was like guys i can't part 
participate in this conversation. And we were like, but Love Island is so good. <laughs> and you were like, well, then w maybe we should just watch that. And we were right. like, yeah. And then we did. Yeah. And I haven't stopped since. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, this new season of the American version just came out this past Tuesday, July 9th on CBS. They're releasing it the same exact way with an episode every night. And we want to talk about it on this episode, but me and Allie Weiss will be covering it in the new season of We Really Love Island and discussing what they get right, but probably about how America is going to fuck it up. They're going to like we ruin, ruin everything else. Everything. Yeah. Uh, it just won't be the same. Except The Office. The Office we did a good job with. It's true. But like the language yeah you're not gonna no mug off yeah. pie off like banta yeah Ugh. it's so much fun oh my god if you guys haven't listened to the we really love island podcast um or if you are listening to it right now you already know this um but yeah we do vocab at the end of every episode and you learn how to talk like a proper fit brit i feel like on the lo on the american love island they're gonna be like good vibes instead of like good uh, banta. Good, yeah good like vibes. she's good vibes yeah yeah so I'm just going to ask Chris if he's ready to go. Oh, yeah. Because weird smiley face that you sent, <laughs> I sent isn't really doing much. Okay, yeah, yeah like so poked our guest <laughs> today is Chris Williamson, who is from Love Island Season 1. Um, he has his own podcast called Modern Wisdom. I see him. Yeah, he's online. Just he's call online. him. I think we should just call him. I don't have his number. No, like, like here. Like call. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. Whoa. Oh. That was so loud. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are Hi, you? Hi, Chris. Charlotte, can I'm you screen record? You? Is that a thing that we can do? You know, I don't know. All right. Well, you. this is Charlotte. Nice to meet you. Hi, Charlotte. This is Lily. Hi. Hi, Lily. So we're going to do a crossover episode of How Come and We Really Love Island because obviously you taught us so much about the behind the scenes of Love Island in that one Modern Wisdom episode. I'm so glad that you did it. I'm, I'm sure you get like a million messages a day asking the same, that's what you said. You like, everyone's always asking the a, same thing. It was a way to expedite me not having to ever ask, answer those questions again. Yeah, yeah totally. it was perfect. Um, to me, when you describe production, it sounds like the Hunger Games. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, but instead of sending an ointment, they're sending in like, Yes. You have to go on a date. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they send text messages instead of sending in care packages. Mm -hmm. How much, because this wasn't addressed, is fake, like in regards to like lie detector tests? Mm, don't know. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't tell us anyway, would they? Because <clears throat> if they said to the cast that the lie detector was fraudulent in any way, and then one of the cast members got stitched up by it, they they'd immediately have yeah the, the, the toys would go out with a pram right so i think that the cast must all of the cast must presume that it's the truth whether that's the case or not they're not that transparent with loads of stuff now like obviously it's in their interests to keep the islanders in the dark about as much stuff that's going on as possible because they don't want the islanders to be thinking about things outside of the show's narrative itself they just want them fully focused on being present as much as possible and trying to create as much content as they can yeah that sounded like absolute torture jail like <laughs> hell and jail we were talking about how we could never go on because and it sounded like you're the same type of person who is thinking and reading and having meaningful conversations quite a bit and they'll come in and police your thoughts like well <laughs> don't talk about that book let's let's talk about 
do you love me? Do you <laughs> love me? But yeah. do you love me? How like how did you even emotionally handle that? Um, at the time, I think you kind of just immersed in it. So you, it's kind of like PTSD, right? Yeah. Like at the t- at the time, PTSD doesn't really kick in for the people that are at war. Mm-hmm. But it's when they have time to reflect and all of their emotions slow down a little bit. And I'm not in any way saying that I had PTSD from Love Island. Um, but yeah, just a little bit. Time, I you're would. Just, you're just doing the thing that they put in front of you. The, the, honestly, the over the presiding emotion that you have while you're there is boredom. Yeah. Like it's just very, very boring and quite slow. And there's not a lot to do or talk about except for the situation that occurred 20 hours ago until the next situation occurs. And then everyone talks about that again. It's like these kind of condensed periods of action and then reflection and then action and then reflection. Again. Yeah. Are you more of a group friend or a one-on-one type of person? Mm, not big groups, like yeah. sort of small, slightly more intimate groups, I guess. But I mean, yeah. I don't mind, I don't mind being in, in groups of people or having conversations one-to-one. One of the problems is that as you, um, as you have more people in the group, inevitably the quality of the conversation seems to go down because there's always a couple of people in the group as it starts to grow. If there's like six people in a group, there's two people that are boring. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I just asked because I've been in groups like that where all they can do is talk about the group because all anybody has in common is the group. Yeah. That makes sense. Sorry. I don't mean to be like fluttering my hand. You're just playing with the string and it's I making know. my sound funky. In my oh, ear. sorry. <laughs> That's what I was like. I just want to take it off. I hate it. No, I was just thinking about how much of a cat you are. Like as a person, uh, you're just like, I can't <laughs> stop. <Right. laughs> anyway, right. it's almost gone. Wait. Oh <laughs> sorry, Chris. It's totally fine. Just yank it. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> That's how I explain all of my negative qualities. Anyway, one thing I thought was super super interesting that you were saying in your podcast was how you were kind of playing a character during the show um I was just wondering who was that character in your head like who were you trying to be because not to toot your horn but you seem like a much cooler person off the show than you were on the show good very good point yeah fantastic point I don't really know um I don't know who I, I, I was pretending to be I think I knew what the what they wanted I knew what the producers were looking for and I knew that I was able to deliver that that particular character because that's the character that I play as a club promoter, right? So I do the big dick around town, lads, 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 like all that sort of banter. And um, I was nerfing the more introspective and more like intellectual side of me because I thought that that doesn't really fit the mold. Um, you know, club promoter, commercial model, like, you know, you've got quite a nice archetype there that's easy to fill. But yeah. then, yeah, and I, once you kind of start down that road, you can't just halfway through the interview process or halfway through the filming process just, like, make a U-turn and decide, oh, I'm going to be... Totally. Like, this kind of introspective, uh, more sort of thoughtful person now. Like, it, it, there's a discontinuity. So I'd kind of back myself into a corner that I was then committed to continuing. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever um, think that you could potentially actually find love on the show? <sighs> Um, good question. Uh, it was more of a YOLO for me. I was just like, yeah, like, fuck it. We'll just see what happens. I didn't want to go in, into it with an agenda. And I think that if people do, I think they need to advice to anyone who's considering going on Love Island is that they need to remember that it is a 
game show yeah kind of like there is a very big game show element at the end of fifty thousand pounds and there's the split or seal like prisoner's dilemma game thing that they do Mm -hmm. um and keeping that in your mind stops you from taking it too seriously because obviously like people the general public treat it like it's i don't know like the world cup for like football or something (laughs) that's so patriotic about like I can't believe that he did this to him. So Adam Collard, who was on this, this oh, year's most I recent one. Trust, he's... I know. And he likes <laughs> okay. some of our photos sometimes, and I'm like, how dare you? Yeah. Do, you're so, not I mean, good with me. He's, he's been, he's my best mate, and he's been my, my <laughs> no. <partner>. No. <laughs> my training partner for two years. And Boo. when he went on, like, I think it was, I think it was like two days after he was on there. Yeah. And there was like some girl that he, uh, that he'd been speaking to and then something had happened and then the whole world just exploded because after two days of talking to a girl, he went and talked and decided that he didn't like her. And you're like, fucking hell. Like it's just triggering every betrayed male and females emotions to extrapolate out and lay over the top of a situation which does not have that happening at all. But also he kept doing it. So anyway, he, the thing is, he didn't do himself any favors because he can. He did it repeatedly. He did it again. But the first, yeah. What, but the what first really time, yeah. Yeah, the first time had just the same reaction as all of the others. People yeah. weren't using that cognitive bias that you've just identified there. They were just going, <laughs> "He's an arsehole. He's an arsehole." Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think he was playing a part? Mm. Mm. Adam's a very, a very headstrong guy. I know he, I know he looks thirty, but he is only twenty-two. Um, oh, but, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's only 20, he's only twenty two years old, so he's he's still thinking like penis first. I think most of the time, sure. um, a and genuine penis like, head dilemma. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, that's a, a direct line. quote from season one. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I also think I think, and there was a, a New York Times article written about Love Island saying how it's really followed like gender politics uh, from a very early time to now through the Me Too movement and how the Me Too movement has changed things. And I think Adam doing. Um, or like mugging Kendall off the first day. Usually in any of the other seasons would have been fine, but people were so like tuned into now terms like gaslighting and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. were able to pick that up. But they just, I think, I think people want, they want a villain very much so. And people want as well, they want to politicize everything. It's like for the love of all that is holy, it's a dating show. Totally. Like, can we just try and focus on the fact that it's good-looking guys and girls wearing swimwear? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 I got I got this really long, pithy comment on one of the on the podcast, and it was this girl saying uh, she couldn't believe that I hadn't brought up the fact that there's a lack of ethnic diversity right. and that it's unrepresentative. And I was like, okay, fair enough, but there's a lack of everything diversity. And depending on how granular mm. and how much high fidelity you want to look at the level of diversity, there's no gay people on there. There's no lesbian people on there. Mm-hmm. There's no bi people on there. There's no trans people on there. There's no asexual people. There's no people that are celibate. Mm-hmm, there's no right. vicars. There's no spirits or ghosts. <laughs> there's no cats. That and you like, know okay, of. <laughs> so, but how, how much more do you want to break this down by before you feel like everything's being fully represented? And ITV2's sole goal yeah. with Love Island is to make it as popular as possible. It's mm. a commercial organization and in capitalism the successful business wins. Yeah. That's all that they're they're all all that they're in this for. There's maybe some element they should do it with virtue and integrity and stuff like that. But their main goal is 
maximum number of like audience retention. Mm-hmm. And if someone else wants to come in and try and do it with some with an alternative approach, then brilliant. But I don't think you're going to beat them. But this is a uh, interesting because on the first episode of season two. two, we talked about how there is a lack of ethnic diversity and. I mean, it took three seasons to get a black person on there. And then as soon as they were on the show, they were like rejected by everybody. So it's just, I don't think it's like a, you didn't include everybody. It's like, we can obviously see that there is a little bit of racism. Well, also, yeah, because we were wondering too, because we don't live in the UK, obviously. We live here where obviously like racism is a huge issue here, Um, Mm. especially like we're talking about it all the time, I feel like. Um, Is it similar over there i always thought you guys were much more woke than <laughs> us but then i'd say i'd say that <clears throat> there's less racial tension at least i think the typical racial tension in america from from what i can see tends to be black and white yeah uh, whereas in the uk the uh, like african uh contingent is actually lower we tend to have more um Arab mm-hmm. and kind of, and I guess Eastern Asian, yeah, uh, like a, a input. So, but I mean, no one. This is the thing. It's it's viewing it through a very very fine lens as well. Like no, the number of people that will pipe up about the fact that there's not enough black people on the show or is it's quite even... high, but the number of people that would pipe up about there not being enough Jews on the show yeah. doesn't. You know, that doesn't ever really seem to factor in someone's mind. So it just seems to me like people they had all this season. Al Booker's Jewish. Yeah, that's one. That's no. one. But I mean, on my <laughs> we'll take on it. My, <laughs> on my season, there was a black girl that was straight through the doors at the very, very beginning. Rachel. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's what I was gonna but say. She was rejected. Is, but she, no. But it, besides that, they cast the most boring person ever. She's somebody okay. with a, a kid at home. <laughs> like okay. she's not gonna. I'm not saying she's a boring person in real life. Boring for the sh- sake of the show. She wasn't mm-hmm. gonna get down. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't I mean, think they knew that when they got her. She just happened to be boring. Mm. I mean, sort of two. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they intend. They want everyone to, to produce as much content as possible. I don't yeah. think that the producers would let some racial bias overcome them choosing someone who's actually appropriate for the show. Okay. Um, also, I think with regards to the rejection thing, like the, the woman brought this up, the girl who'd commented on the, on the podcast brought this up and she said that um, men should be chosen based on their dating preferences and that white men that specifically date black women should be chosen so that black women have a fairer crack of the whip. Mm. And the, the reverse should be true as well, that white girls that like black men. Yeah. And you're like, well, like, how much do we want to try and not only do you want to control the people that go on the show, you also can want to control the preferences of the people that go on there. Yeah. But h- how long, how far down this road do we need to go before it stops becoming reality TV anymore? It, I mean, you know, to say that like Rachel, maybe she, she didn't put herself out there that much, but if you compare the yeah. girls of season one with the girls of season two, three and four, mm-hmm. m- my opinion is that they, um, the producers upped their, understanding that the guys need to have girls that are a little bit more outgoing mm-hmm. um i think that the girls on season one stand alone and then that two three and four seem like you could kind of lump all of those those girls yeah. together and they would probably gel 
I don't know whether you guys noticed that when you were watching or whether you agree. Yeah, I definitely And I also think we as viewers needed girls who are more outgoing too because the girls in, in season one kind of made it like, oh, well, you have to have a boyfriend to hook up and you have to be this like archetypal woman and you're going to get talked shit on. Like Jess got dragged through the mud just for like Kissing. doing the job of the show, which is trying it yeah. on with multiple people. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. do think that the show has progressed so much in that like, Olivia fucked Rykard next to Rachel and nobody cared. At They were just like, whatever, she's our friend. That's what she does. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I actually think that's good because yeah. it's just like, yeah, everybody should be equal in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, perfect. Um, okay, so there was part of your podcast, um, Modern Wisdom, that I listened to where you said that girls are more loyal in relationships and put in more effort than boys. Do you still believe this to be true? Was that on the Love Island one or was that on relationships? I Just like on, relationships. on relationships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different one. Oh, so um, the statistics, mm -hmm. the statistics seem to suggest that infidelity in relationship is the men tend to be the protagonist more than the women. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't to say that women don't cheat. We all know girls that do. Yeah. Um, but on based on personal experience and i've got a pretty big sample size to deal with i have i've probably had a thousand people between the age of 18 and 21 work for me over the last eight years yeah it's a good sample size of young relationships um and then based on what i've looked at i i'd say that men tend to be tempted away more easily than women yeah you said it's the, because the easiest way for me to put it yeah and the novelty factor Big I deal. think you you big, said that the it doesn't have to be better. It just has to be different. Yeah. The family guy mm. example. Yeah, exactly. Exa yeah. What season of family guy was that where he's even really early, really like, early. Season yeah. Four or something. Yeah. When like Peter still, probably looks different. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Really? Right before you got on, I was like, Chris, hey, paper boy. <laughs> Why are there so many family guy references? Today? Do you have a shower scene or do yeah. I have to keep dreaming? Mm. <laughs> No, but what I was going to say about the novelty thing is I think women actually ha have the same proclivities, but because they haven't had like monetary independence, like as much for a really long time, they're more reticent because they have more to lose. Do you know what I, I mean? mean? They're, like they're less likely to cheat because less likely to cheat because they would be losing their I husband think it income plays provider. Into it. Right? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's everything. I think like like we were Oh yeah, well yeah. We were saying we had this um woman, Helen Fisher, on who is an evolutionary anthropologist and biologist. And that's just such an interesting perspective because it's not to say what's natural or innate is correct, but um there are hormones that like kind of dictate who a person is and what makes us human is that we can say no to them, but like women do have higher levels of like estrogen. serotonin and estrogen yeah. and we're, we're, we're more likely to be a little more empathetic, which means less likely to cheat. Okay. So yeah. I think it's, well, I, I think mean, it's genes environment. On, on the whole, women are more agreeable than men. Mm. That's why the, the men are much more disagreeable. If you take the number one most disagreeable out of 100 people, that person will always be a man. Mm. And mm. if you take the number one most agreeable person out of 100 people that will, that person will always be a woman mm, this is one of the reasons why women struggle in negotiating for higher salaries it's because oh. disagreeable people tend to negotiate for higher salaries this is why there are 
unbelievably higher by a factor of however many men in prison than women because disagreeableness is a big uh, yeah. indicator of who's going to go to prison it's crime is associated with how disagreeable you are mm -hmm. and when it comes to being in relationships as well i think that that agreeableness means that you will say yes or take someone back on the whole more than someone who's disagreeable we have personality traits that lend a lend our genders towards specific roles within relationships yeah. and i think that it's totally right that people should be allowed to choose whether or not they want to adhere to typical gender roles but these typical roles within relationships they have manifested themselves as a reflection of the way that our makeup is and if you've spoken to someone that does evolutionary psychology anthropology you will know that there's there is a use for this. The only reason that anything still exists now after, Babies. you know, <laughs> the last hundred million years, mm -hmm. the only reason that anything still exists is because it either encouraged reproduction or it encouraged survivability. Yep. Yeah. It's the only reason that anything totally. still exists. Yeah. So, Do you want to hear something crazy we learned? Hit me. <laughs> okay. Um, Dr. Helen Fisher told us that if you look at like intelligence, there are way more men geniuses, and then the women are all kind of like here, whatever. And then there's way more men idiots. <laughs> like, yeah. they're yeah, yeah, overrepresented on each over side. Overrepresented on each basically. side, yeah. Yeah, there's a big disparity in uh, male intellectual accomplishment. That's why the overwhelming number of, I think, Nobel, Nobel Prize winners tend to yeah. tend towards men. So, yeah. this is what's interesting as well about understanding that even though you can have so you could actually have the average um the average mental output or the average iq of men and women be exactly the same mm -hmm. that still could be the case right in the totally. middle of the bell curve could totally. be men and women being exactly the same however when you move out towards the extremes you get these real big differences yeah and that's what we're talking about when it comes to the agreeableness and disagreeableness so men and women their disagreeableness overlaps for 60 percent mm -hmm. but when you move out towards the extremes you get this real disconnect between yeah which which genders tend in which direction mm -hmm. i have a question well i have two actually chris number one what the fuck did you study in school like <laughs> why <laughs> i mean i can talk to her i was a psych major she was art history like yeah we both have studied a ton i don't know what you studied really. psychoanalysis <laughs> and visual art nice okay, okay. Well, the two guys. of us together <laughs> yeah that's literally so it's weird yeah um but what did so, you yeah, study number one what did you study and number two why did you start your podcast because it's modern love it's not just love island no it's modern wisdom modern wisdom sorry modern love is modern love is Aziz on sorry's book <laughs> <Nope>. yeah <laughs> Um, so I did business management and then a master's in international marketing at uni. Mm -hmm. Um, looking back, I, I did it because I wanted something that gave me a direct route to, uh, employment. Mm -hmm. And I think because I was 18 when the internet was still kind of, there wasn't Facebook and there wasn't this, um, you weren't able to socialize yourself as quickly. Uh, I'm an only child as well, which meant that I don't think I fully understood what different courses and what different cities I, I just wasn't as aware as i should have been of things going back i should have done philosophy or psychology yeah. i should have done because that would have in, allowed me to indulge passions that i have naturally um so yeah and then with regards to the podcast i uh i was on my friends from propane fitness i featured on theirs a couple of times yeah i enjoy the i enjoy the process of forcing myself to articulate thoughts very precisely and to run through what I think with intellectual rigor and to be held to account not only by the people that I'm speaking to, but by the listeners at home as well. Mm -hmm. And I find it um, 
kind of like kind of like conceptual gym uh, like conceptual gymnasium like it forces you to take something that you might know a little bit and 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 really work hard on it and try and articulate it and you turn these thoughts from kind of fluffy ephemeral nebulous clouds into these crystallized words and concepts and mm-hmm. then you say them and then you need to be consistent with them as well which forces me to be truthful which is really good yeah, very yeah. good for me for especially um it forces me to be truthful because if the listeners hear me say one thing one week and then I say something different the next week, then I'm going to get called out by them as well and by the people I'm on the podcast That's with. why I started so. How Come, because I couldn't have orgasms, and I was like, I just need to be held accountable. Who did you need to be held accountable to? To myself and to the listeners well, and, like, everybody else, because, like, Charlotte would just be like, you're a lazy masturbator. <laughs> yeah. But it makes total sense. That's why AA exists. That's why they mm-hmm. say you should um, speak your goals out to people, because once you've put it out there, in like someone else's hands you're more likely to follow through with it yeah because then people can be like oh she quit right and you don't want to be seen as two-faced or a quitter or yeah. whatever it is external accountability is a big thing mm-hmm. huge yeah massive i always call love island honesty island because so many of the factors make you have to tell the truth like because you never know who is going to be voting you out that week yeah, yeah. or who's listening i mean everyone Nothing is going to be a secret, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, and they also do the games where they're like, do you want to know what everyone said about you? And you're like, no, but I guess we have to. It's really brutal. How do you deal with that? Because even, I mean, I would never ghost someone, you know, I. but I do have a hard time. You would never like, ghost re- someone? Never would. Really? You've never ghosted never. someone. I prefer never. to ghost. I think it's the meanest thing you could do. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I really do. I'd rather like. I did it once. I couldn't. I don't know. I, I feel like can't super stop mean. Doing it. I did it. <laughs> I did it once, and the guy kept texting me. And then at the end of it, he goes, "Well, this has been sufficiently embarrassing. Goodbye." <laughs> See, that hurts. That hurts my soul. It was so sad. That's so sad. I know. I <sighs> would just be like, "It, it's not a good time. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm studying a lot. Whatever it is, I would, I would rather lie. Fib. I'd rather fib. But you can't do that on Love Island. So what I, ha- if I'm not into someone. I have to look them in, in the, the eye. eye oh, and say to them, potentially, I'm just not attracted to you. Yeah. Or like to Daniel in season two, you're gorgeous, but you re- are repellent to me. Like, what? <laughs> it's so, how do so you deal with that? The, uh, the most recent episode that we've just recorded is Relationships 103, which mm. is uh, cheating, how to break up with someone and how to get over someone. Okay. Yusuf. Uh, recited one of his favorite breakup stories, which is from when he was 17. Uh-huh. And apparently he'd been backed into a relationship kind of without knowing that he was in one. And then before he knew it, he'd been in one for about six months. Mm. And this is when... So Yusuf's somewhere, very slightly somewhere on the autism spectrum. And I think that it's led him into particular situations where he's detached himself socially from my, what might be common. And he's gone for what he thinks is objectively the best approach it can lead to a lack of tact at times. And this is one of those situations. So him and his current then girlfriend were walking to the bus stop where she's about to get the bus home. And he's been thinking for a while about what he's going to say to her. And he goes, right, yeah, that's good, cool. So gets to the bus stop, bus is about to come. And she says, "Uh, Sophie, before you go, I I I want to tell you that I'm not attracted to you at all. Oh no. (laughs) And then he was like, 
yeah, that went well. And then looked at her and like tears had started streaming down her face. Oh. Then her bus came, but because she was crying, she missed a bus. So the bus left. Oh so she God. had to wait for another 40 minutes. Crying. Oh, no. Crying. The Did he wait with her own. at least? And then he's like, you look no. extra ugly when you cry. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are the, the, mo- the biggest takeaways on how to break up with somebody? Um, so... Alain de Botton from the School of Life has a fantastic set of videos about this. And this is where I drew most of my inspiration from as well. But compassionately tell the person that you're with as much truth as you can. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell tell someone more truth than you're prepared to give away because that's that's you damaging yourself for the sake of someone that's not going to be in your life anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you should be, if you can be maximally truthful, then you should do it. And the reason is that you need to give this person that you're speaking to metrics on which they can make their next relationship better. Mm-hmm. If they do something which is unequivocally annoying or irritating or a bad personality trait or disingenuous or whatever it might be, if you give them guidelines, that means that they're going to be better for the next person that comes along. Yeah, that it should be like an exit interview. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't yeah. want them to be good with someone else. 100%. That's why I think ghosting is awful because they have no idea how to improve. Yeah, okay, like, we nothing only can change like twice. It was nothing. I think I think yeah, ghostings ghostings for someone that you met on Tinder and won't show up. Exactly, like, you it's, met not on for, it's not for a relationship it's, of right. six months. Yeah, um, that's, I'm not attracted to you. Yeah, pause at all. That's what that's for. At all. Have you been ghosted before? Uh, probably, yeah. probably, and just well excused. Yeah, probably. Yeah. How's um being on the show improved your love life or or worsened or worsened? Yeah. Um. Or nothing. Uh, oh no. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really too sure. So I, I spoke about this the other day. Um, I'd kind of, I, I was fairly well known in Newcastle anyway. Mm-hmm. I'd done club promo for 10 years. And if you, the city's got a million people in, it's That's not that big. That's the thing to do I, in Newcastle. That's all I know about Newcastle <laughs> is that you guys see each other it. in the club and you like each other in the club. <laughs> so I'd done, I'd done that for a long time, which meant that my, I guess my notoriety with regards to that was quite high in any case. So if we had a if we ran a club night where 1500 people came maybe 500 of them would want to come up and speak to me but that was before the show that would be maybe yeah. it was completely transactional it's because yeah. they know I'm the guy sure. that's got the VIP bands or whatever whatever but they would know who I was so it meant that it wouldn't actually change all that much in terms of what happened love life i guess lead generation might have improved mm. as Yusuf and as Yusuf and Johnny would model it. The lead yeah. generation might have improved. But that you've got a slightly retention? wider pool. Yeah. How's customer retention? <laughs> well that's it that's it. In in online in online marketing you've only got two things. You've got traffic and you've got conversions. Yeah. And you need you either need to get more traffic or you need to get better with your conversions. So yeah. um I think one thing it's definitely done is probably pigeonholed me into like reality T V wanker world. Yeah. Um mm. which consider it depending on what sort of girls you're going for can be a positive or a minus yeah what's your like type if, on paper then yeah what is your type on paper and what the so fuck this is, is this question this is a, does that question really matter you guys ask that question on the show all the time like is I'm that like, how people what? in britain date is like hey here's my type green eyes tall like, no, <laughs> man, honestly so i i think that i'm cut from a similar cloth as yourselves that this question to me just seems completely absurd yeah like i don't i don't have uh, what they want to hear when they say is exactly what you've come across there 
they want to hear some very, very tightly regulated physical characteristics about the person that you want. Yeah, yeah. I go for girls like five, one and a half to five, three and a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Like they need to have green eyes. Not that green, like a little bit green, but not too green. Sick like, banter. Like, Small boobs, big ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who thinks like this? They, they ask me this question and they're like, oh, so what sort of girls do you go for? And I'm like, oh, bloody hell. I've never thought about that. Well, I, my past girlfriends have been white, mixed race, black brunette blonde like they've been mostly petite i guess so like okay so i can discriminate on body type a little bit like that mm -hmm. they tend to be you know not super tall girls but and then they put no girls that was shorter than about five foot six into the into the villa on the season that i did that they were oh. these girls striding out in heels like fucking amazon women <laughs> Zoe, like, i remember thousand she, yard step as they're coming sucked. to the middle of the pool she was so rude to you i wanted to <laughs> smack her what the fuck was that she sucks. on the massage date i think that there that was, was the rudest thing i've ever heard a person say to another person at first i thought you guys were so close and that's why you could joke about that. And then I realized you just didn't like each other. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, who would say yeah. that to another person? I don't know. I, well, like I say, I, I think at the time as well, I was, I was so, I was so distracted trying to play this particular role. Like if someone, mm -hmm. if Zoe had decided, if I'd gone for round two, if we came back and we had like revenge of the Zoe, like mm -hmm. Rocky, you know, like Rocky two. Mm -hmm. Like if we'd had an, if we had another Creed. crack at it, I don't think she would have lasted more than about 30 seconds. Yeah. But at the time I was, it was, it was just, that was a very bizarre, very, very bizarre situation. Cause what you have to think is I'm aware that it, it looks awkward. Like any of the things that you see on TV, they might look cute or awkward or um, intense or whatever it is. But especially when you're out on a date mm -hmm. and you're not in the villa, there is a crew of, producer producer cameraman mm -hmm. sound guy lighting guy runner driver yeah like observing so trying to stay present is is really really Impossible. tough and obviously yeah. when when the intensity of a situation gets turned up it, it's embarrassing or it, it's it's awkward or whatever it might be at that moment what you really really need to do is kind of focus on the exchange that you're going through and really, really dial into the narrative. Mm -hmm. Whereas what you're thinking is, I look like a knobhead to that driver, <laughs> that Spanish driver that just dropped me off. Yeah. But, so it's very, it's very tough to actually stay on task. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, being mindful in a, like is already hard, let alone with a whole audience. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. and every moment I assume, like you're saying, I know you said Love Island is a little bit like fluffy, you know, they, they add the music, they make things cute. They make they I assume they make the awkward moments extra awkward. Yeah. Too like it's editing. Yeah, I think they're just trying to um, exaggerate. Yeah. Everything to bring out the they've just turned up the contrast right yeah. a little bit on on all of the situations. What was the thing with Malin and you? Like you guys knew each other beforehand, and then did she help you get on? The, or no, you told her how to get on the show, or was it the different the other show that you did? So uh, take I me did out? take me out. Yeah. I did take me out. Did um, she do take me out as well? Years. So she was on the same season and uh, okay. she, I started dating one of her friends from the show. She started dating one of my friends from my episode. Uh -huh. So I got in touch with her. And then you'll remember on the first, uh, like on the intro to season yes. one, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. on different things. And yeah. she is the air hostess that walks down the yeah, aisle past yeah. me. So I'd seen her during that particular exchange 
and I knew that it was going to be her. And sure enough, I was like, oh, hi, mate. How are you? That's and so cool. um, then she messaged me afterwards and was like, I'm going to go and do two more of these. Right. Like intro VTs. Do you want me to tell you who the guys are? And I was like, oh. right, so I want you to tell me who the guys are. So before I went on, I knew that Lewis was going to be on there. And did you know him before? No, but I added him on I added him on Facebook. Okay. Uh, and then he he must have worked out why I was adding him as well. Yeah. yeah. And then I worked out that the twins were going to be on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it was for the first like couple of days all of the and that was another thing right so i had to like feign surprise like oh it's twins who'd have guessed yeah did you have to feign surprise even to those guys or just away from the producers no the whole time Uh, well the producers are always listening right yeah oh yeah you have to be a totally different person that is such it's a it it is the truman show it is the truman show and you're still on it and your season comes out in december (laughs) (laughs) um I used to tell that to her when we were really little. I was like, Charlotte, you're on the Truman Show because I had like neuroses about it. So I was like, let me put it yeah. on my little sister instead. Yeah. We're sisters, uh, by the way. No, I told him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I told, no, he knows now. Um, what was I saying before? Oh, the, the thing. No, the thing that made me lose my mind on your podcast was when you were talking about like the holding place and like being quiet and stuff. And. <laughs> like before oh, you come the, into the, the week house, period, like the where you settle period. in, yeah. Oh, and the lockdown week, yeah. That, that they're doing an entirely identical dry cast, right? Dry run, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. That was that was bizarre. So what's super super weird? This is how incestuous. So it, for you guys, you're in a country that is geographically and big, populationally, it's massive. massive. Yeah. Right? The UK, the UK is not that big. Yeah, so, we're like, how do they all know each other? <laughs> well, that's uh, we. Me and Adam got accused of that. So I put a photo up the first night that he went in, and I was like, "Good luck, man!" And like, you've gone from drink downer to um, barbell spotter, and now to torch bearer. Yeah. Like, good luck, sort of, with your da 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 da. Like, just as a little joke yeah. thing. And it was like, um, knew that this was all a fix. How do all of the islanders know each other? And it's like, well. If you're within the same age demographic and partying in clubs in the UK, there's just not that many people. Yeah. Like there's not, it's, it's just like saying, why do you know the people from your hometown? Yeah. Especially because there's not that many people in my hometown. Yeah. So, um, yeah, on the dry run that was happening, the twins that were on my episode of take me out, Uh one of whom had dated Marlin, (laughs) they were the twins that were the pretend dry run for the Italian twins that came through. Crazy. So it was like, so anyway, I'm ringing them and I'd heard of someone, of someone that one of them was going out to Mallorca. And I was like, surely not. Sure. Cause I was getting ready to get picked up in a week's in like a couple of days time. Mm-hmm. And I'm packing my suitcase. So I like FaceTime one of the guys and I'm like, Hey mate, how are you? And he's got his hand over the camera and I'm like, something dodgy going on here. Anyway, it starts chatting backwards and forwards and they were just about to go into the villa. Wow. They were literally about oh, wow. to do it, but they didn't know I was going on. And they were like, oh, like, like look, man, are you in, are you in Mallorca at the moment? And I went, well, we're not supposed to tell anyone, but yeah, mate, we are. And I was like, all right, like, what are you doing there? And he's like, oh, man, like, stop asking. Honestly, like, it's a TV thing, but it's not, it's not that serious. Yeah. We're, not, we're just doing like a dress rehearsal thing. It's not really that full on. And I was like, all right, that's interesting. I was like, look at your phone. And I span it round and showed them the, um, like ITV2 non-disclosure agreement thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's and they were so like, funny. They're like, holy no fucking shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, yeah, man. 
I asked them to leave me a note. They left me a note under like a plant pot somewhere. Shut up! I got amazing. this note out from under a plant pot. Yeah. That's like one of your small enjoyable moments yeah. <laughs> on oh, the yeah. show. Well, that's the that's the same. You know, you were talking about um, it being a bit sort of dystopian and kind of 1984y. Yeah. Like that's 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 exactly that. Yeah. That was us. That was us sneaking a look at a real news story from the outside world or something. Totally. That was like a little note that was like, fuck it's, the system. It's super so. Orwellian. Like in um in season three, there's a moment where Theo has one of the girls take off her mic. He's like, let's go for a swim just so that oh, yeah, for that yeah, one yeah, second yeah, yeah, yeah. he can say something like listen, if, if we just want to get this money, we yeah. have to, and you're just like, yeah. Oh my God. yeah. But the second, they do it in Housewives too, the second anyone says, turn your mic pack off, like, you're as good as toast. Like, you're dead. But you don't hear him say that. Oh. That's the weird part. It's her being like, he told me to take, take. it off. Like, he had taken his off. Yeah. Told her to do it. Mm. I just, ugh, it's so wild the to best me. Thing, the best thing that you could do is... If you don't, if you don't anything to be broadcast, if you just sing Disney songs ah. in, the back, in the background, because they don't have the rights to be able to broadcast them. That's so amazing. we were just singing like "Let It Go" from Frozen, whenever <laughs> we, whenever we wanted to talk about stuff that we were adamant we didn't want to get aired. Yeah, because yeah, they can't that's... isolate. Let's say that they need to get the audio from this mic, but they can't isolate what right. I'm saying from some bastard singing "Let It Go." Yeah. Like, that's but amazing. It's, it's crazy that Je- like Jess obviously like she did well in the dry run and then she came into the house like that's what I, like so she had to pretend the entire time that she had never done this and that it wasn't a comp- like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's not a question I guess yeah um yeah, that was that was a little bit that was a bit bizarre I suppose like looking back especially because Naomi was supposed to be one of the starting mm-hmm. cast. So she was in media lockdown for like two weeks. But Ooh, but still but still came in having seen the date with the Italians. If they're in media lockdown, how come they can watch the show? She would have been in media lockdown up until the show came out. And then when they realized that she was going to be a normal cast member and not one of the starting cast members, they sent her they would home. Have, they would have kept her like on the island wherever she's staying and just been like, Look, like we're gonna put you in soon. Uh, but uh, we uh, can uh. now relinquish we can relinquish the media lockdown yeah. thing because they don't they don't need to keep it quiet anymore. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Because that... every time a new person comes in, they're like, Oh, I saw what this person's right. been saying. And then they they rate them based on how real they think they are <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff. But we thought that they were on media lockdown. So we were so curious as to why they knew so much. Like we thought Naomi was lying. I thought she had like a little portable TV and she's like sneaking. Uh, yeah. No, she would have she would have been allowed out. She would have got pulled out of a media lockdown. OK. As soon as they put Jess in, they wouldn't have needed that anymore. Did she know that that was her replacement? No. No. So she didn't have like a specific vendetta being. So like, she just hated Jess on her own. On her own. <laughs> That's so. Oh, yeah, it was mean. just on a, a purely on merit as opposed to like. <laughs> she hated me on merit. <laughs> yeah, I earned it. Um, there's an STD screening, right? Very, very comprehensive. Very, one, yeah. very rigorous. Like incredibly rigorous. Yeah. How rigorous? No. <laughs> like they make you go to the doctor right before in front of them, show them your tests. Yeah. So. During the casting process, you'll get taken down to Harley Street in London, which you may have heard of. It's mm-hmm. the very, very posh yeah. um, medical district of London. And there's a private uh, clinic there with a number of GPs and uh, psychiatrists and other people. So you go and you get some uh, a psychometric evaluation. 
to ensure that you're not um, mentally unsound, I suppose, to yeah. go onto the show. Um, and then after that, you'll go through a sexual health screening. Um, but, the, you know, usually you go into a GP and it's very, very clinical. Mm -hmm. And you pull up outside one of these places and it's like Ferrari, Ferrari, Lamborghini, <laughs> Bentley mm -hmm. outside. I went upstairs and there was this um, really attractive um, sort of early 40s mixed race Indian woman who was uh, on the top, top floor, owner of the practice, like tight maxi dress with visible panty line. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I'm the I'm the doctor that does everybody from um, Britain's Got Talent, everyone from X Factor, every British boxer that's being oh. um, tested outside of the US, like all of these people and this, that and the other. And I'm just like, this oh. is overwhelmingly bizarre. Yeah. Like, and then sure enough, she's, she, you just get, you get screened for like everything. She gave me like a tetanus booster because I hadn't had a tetanus booster yeah. since I was in school. <laughs> and she was like, oh, like you need this and this. So I'll just give you those as well. And I'm like, wow. Private I'll go on Love Island just to get healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blowing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, now I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I know what you're going to say. What? Because you brought up an important issue. Oh, condoms. And, oh, also important, but not what I was going to say. Oh, like, but I oh. know that there's a lot of condoms in the house, but we never see anyone taking them. Just do people? They're, they're, they're branded. They're Love Island branded condoms. Oh, but do people one? use them? I, I can't speak for other people, and I didn't have sex on the show, so I can't really speak for anyone else. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, I suppose you know going in, by virtue of the fact that everyone's had the sexual health screening, yeah. that everybody's clean. I was going to say the they probably don't. And if the that the woman's on birth control as well, it's like, well, being frank here, like, why would you? Yeah. No, no, no. That's a, if they're all on birth control too, then right. Yeah, no. You just have to have that conversation. Raw dog very, the whole house. Fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I was going to go to a also an important issue, but a little different. Yeah. So you're saying, obviously, they health screen you huge component is like mental health yeah yeah um, huge like what happened with sophie's fucking horrible and you knew her obviously um yeah so sad and it, you're yeah. just like do you feel like there's enough support on the show or afterwards like it just seems like a lot to deal with um for yeah. anyone i mean for anyone for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about sophie graden who's on season two um it was a good friend of mine been a model at the same agency as myself for mm -hmm. over 10 years known her for a long time she took her own life a couple of years after being on love island um yeah so first off i think the psychometric evaluation is is good and i think that itv2 do a really really good job um i think that they work super hard to make sure that everyone in there is very happy yeah and that the, the, the people that go on there are, are well set and are right um there's as far as I was concerned, like if I ever had any any problems, I knew that there was someone that I could turn to at ITV, yeah. um, which was which was good. Um, but as my friend Yusuf said on the podcast, it's quite easy to make anyone believe that you're not a psychopath for 20 minutes during an interview. Oh yeah. Like if you have, especially if you're someone that tends towards anxiety or depression or anything to do with mental health, it is the most natural thing in the world to be able to hide it and you're going to be incredibly proficient at it yeah. yeah so the psychometric tests i mean if they catch you out you were really not good for the show like if you're not able right. to hide it to a person like because presumably you want to go on the show right 
So you have your interests and the interests of the person taking the test actually aren't aligned. Right. It's not, am I right for the show? It's, I am right for the show. I need to tell you that I'm right for the show. Right. Yeah, just let um, me on. Because there's, there's this carrot dangled at the end of it, mm-hmm. which is adulation and fame and a cool experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, with the whole Sophie thing, especially considering that I'd mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast you, and then it was like six weeks after that, it. she took her life. It's so insane. It's insane. Which is very harrowing, yeah. Like, I looked to see when it was recorded and then I was like... Yeah. What I said on the podcast was that I thought that... Um, a lot of people are good at playing the game, that they're able to hide, yeah. as I've suggested here, that they're able to hide the fact that they might not be doing too well and that the pressure of media and stuff can yeah. cause people to um, to develop some weird complexes that are probably not very healthy. And then I mentioned Sophie had a bad time and, you know, I hope that she's okay and blah, blah. And then later on, I was like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we've seen a couple of years of Britney Spears-esque 2008-style yep. breakdown. Yep. Um, and then a couple of weeks after that, Sophie passed away. Um yeah, I, I don't think that like ITV, ITV aren't in the business of of making money off the back of putting people on a TV program no. that aren't right. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like, no, no. The, yeah, I don't think it's you know, their they, fault the, at all. The thing is as well no. that it's not like there's a shortage of people to go on the show. There's more people that apply for Love Island every year than apply to Oxford University. I know it's so <laughs> insane. Um, <laughs> so it's it's really insane. Like, yeah. That's how I knew I was onto something good because I found out about Love Island from a fan of How Come because I had been watching X on the Beach, which is way better in the UK than it is here. Here they replaced the Tablet of Terror with Bow Wow, and he's just like, "You're going on a date." It's terrible, but oh, wow. but yeah. So one of my uh, How Come fans was like, "If you shout out to Court, he was like, if you um, like this show, you're gonna love Love Island." And I did, and and I was like, but it's so much more than you know, guilty pleasure. It's really a very interesting anthropological experiment, Um, Mm -hmm. and that was only confirmed to me when the New York Times article came out. And the first thing they were like, Oxford doesn't have as many applications or has a lower rejection rate than Love Island. Right, madness. Do you think that is because just so many people want to be famous? Is that the big thing? No, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I went on. I came out like this. This sounds so bizarre to even say now, but when I came out, I think I'd gone from like ten thousand followers on Instagram to like maybe twenty. Mm-hmm. You think now, like someone mentions their mum on yeah. Love Island, and their mum gains thirty thousand followers. Definitely. Like, so um, yeah, Love Island now gives anybody the capacity to hit a million followers on social media easily, and that is that's a resource which isn't owned by anybody else. Mm-hmm. And really, if you can monetize it sufficiently cleverly, it means that you're not going to need to work for probably the next five or 10 years. Yeah. Like if you can manage your brand sufficiently well, you can do influencer work until like yeah. until Instagram stops, probably. So I think that a lot of people are going on because first off, they want to be well known. And, and, the, and it's the simplest route from being a nobody to being famous whilst not having to cultivate any talent or work hard at anything. You just have to be yourself, hopefully. You just have to exist, yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the things, fortunately and unfortunately, what it means is that people like, so I met Jack that won this year. We booked him for an appearance at one of my events. Mm -hmm. And Jack is the loveliest kid. Super, super nice, very altruistic sort of uh, side to him. He wants to do some stuff with helping the homeless and some other bits and pieces. And he's just a normal dude. 
mm-hmm. normal dude that now has two and a half million followers and everyone in the UK knows his name. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty much all it is. Mm-hmm. So what it does allow people to do is if you are someone like Jack who naturally your skill or your talent is the fact that your personality lends itself very well to TV, people like you, and it entertains them. Right. Like there's three types of content entertainment education or emotion there's only three main types that you can actually create and being entertainment like it's it's considered the lowest brow of the lot but like people need entertainment and it also crosses the crosses the the widest um number of people in terms of interest so that's cool what i think's less cool is that on the flip side of that you have people who whose personality doesn't lend themselves to being a tremendously good character who maybe aren't very nice people or uh, less deserving by whatever metric you want to choose of that. And yet they can still potentially springboard themselves ahead of more deserving people again, by whatever metric you want to choose uh, and and get ahead within particular industries. Um, Piers Morgan very famously said, stop making stupid people famous. Yeah. When he was talking about, when he was talking about Love Island and said that, uh, Love Islanders are the most, literally the most stupid people on the planet. I, the... I issued, I issued him an open invitation to come on the podcast and discuss with me. There's what always he one about... smart one, or like maybe two every season that like just kind of doesn't fit in because they want to talk about something else, and they're just yeah. like, I, there's always one. Like I, I, when Camilla was there, I was like, what? How did she get there? Like, <laughs> you work for the Halo Trust? Like, are you? Ki- what are you doing? She diffuses here? bombs. She, lost. She, div- she, like... she, she took a, a wrong turn on her way to work and ended up on the How island. did she get there? Yeah. I will never understand. No, she but dated Prince nice. Harry too. She dated who? Prince Harry. Oh yeah. Well, because of the trust. I actually, I met, anyway. But um, but I met him at a Halo Trust dinner once. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, they were probably dating. I mean, it's not, no, they weren't. they're not the smartest <laughs> people in the world. I was just watching an episode and someone said attribute and someone else was like, huge word. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, when Naomi could spell, people lost their minds. Um, I watched, I don't know if you've ever seen Love Island Australia, but there is one episode where one guy is just lying about space to the rest of the people. And they're all like, wow, mate, you know so much about space. (laughs) And like, he's he's just bullshit. He's like, I don't know anything about space. I don't. (laughs) I mean, that, that for me. And you'll have seen this if you've ever watched the UK version of X on the Beach. Yeah. And I don't know where this meta-narrative has come from, which appears to weave itself through all of the the UK reality TV. Mm. But there is this glorification of stupidity. Yes. Like, the fact that someone can be ignorant of a a, a common fact or an uncommon fact is endearing to the point where it's almost uh it's almost put on a pedestal yeah so you'll have someone that will bring something up about like do birds lay eggs yeah or like like can dogs look up or you know what i mean like just random random facts about something yeah and the amount of time that is dedicated to this very slow very burbling reply of someone going mate no <laughs> no and you're like yeah dogs can dogs can actually look up yeah no. they, can, they, can look, <laughs> they can look at the sky mate you no they, no you're fucking blowing my mind here mate 
And you're like, the sort of thing yeah. that makes you want to be able to fit both your fists inside of your skull. I was like, going to say, I would never do well on that show because people would think I was such a bitch. You'd be like Danielle. You'd be a know-it-all. Yeah. I would be such a bitch. Yeah. But so I use that I use that example on the very first date. So I'm sat down with Danielle on the first night and she points across at something and mentions something about the trees. I can't remember what it was. And I just like reel off the reason that it is the way it is. Something about the Coriolis effect of the earth or it yeah. being due to whatever whatever it might be. And she went, Oh, like that's really that's really clever. Like say some more clever things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What a whoa, weird whoa, thing whoa. to say. Like, this yeah. Is not the role that I should be playing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, there was definitely, I mean. Oh, but it would have been a, fun to see you say like smart shit next to all that, of their dumb shit. But then he becomes yes, this douchebag. Yeah, but it, yeah. Just, it, it, it just creates this big sort of disjointed relationship Barrier. between yourself and the people that are on there. Because yeah. that's not, that's not what they're there, they're there to talk about. Right. Yeah. And also, it's all well and good saying I love intellectual, intelligent conversation, but if it's only you having the conversation, yeah. that's the that's the equivalent of you stood in the wind with your dick out, just letting it <laughs> flap around. Like you're not you're not playing a game of tennis here with someone. That's you, right? Yeah, swinging your dick around on your own. Or like that's just, just you giving waiting. a speech and teaching other people, and you don't want to become the teacher of the house. Which is just, which is also shit, and it just sounds yeah. preachy and totally. bollocks. And yeah, yeah, I mean so. Definitely, if, if intellectual integrity is, is something that you chase after, like I, I love learning shit. Like that's one of the reasons I do the podcast because I get to speak to people, like some of the cleverest people on the planet, and I just get to learn cool shit off them. Yeah. And I'm like, if I if I just spend the rest of my life learning cool shit every day, like I'll be happy. But if that happens, and if your powers of recall aren't aren't zero, mm. that means that inevitably you're you're not you're never ever gonna fit this mold of like. Mate, no. <laughs> yeah. Dogs can look <laughs> no, fucking hell. No. And you're like, right, fuck me. Yeah. Who is so, your like favorite guest that you've had on your podcast? Oh wow. Um, so I really liked William von Hippel that I've just had recently. He mm-hmm. wrote a book called The Social Leap. Uh fell in love after I heard him on Joe Rogan. Um, and it's just about how we went from chimps in trees to um, upright apes on planes, mm. and then it's the development of the of, of the human animal from there. That was super good. Um, I, if I'm honest, my favorite episodes are the ones that I do with my two best mates, the yeah. ones that I yeah. do with Johnny and Yusuf. Yeah. Uh, they, I look forward to them more than anything else. Like they're the highlight of my week, and it's, the and- fact that I somehow get to call that like it's not even work, but the fact that yeah. I get to call that a project. And it fits under the banner of work is like it just blows me away. Yeah, and people like when you're sitting with your friends because then they feel like you're, they're your fourth friend. Yeah, that's how I feel when I'm watching Love Island too, though. I'm like, oh, my friends are having <laughs> sex is, without I'm there me. As well. I'm like, I'm in a relationship now. <laughs> you know, there's a Love Island game on a no. Oh yeah, you can play and like whatever. And Emily and I, our other friend who does, we really love Island got very invested we were like oh jasper just left me (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i could never actually survive in the house because today's been tough and i've only been allowed 15 minutes on it (laughs) it's been a virtual a virtual relationship Mm -hmm. and i'm torn up exactly Mm -hmm. yeah i was like oh i hope levi picks me she's like i also hope levi picks And we're both in lesbian relationships with Talia as well. It's we're killing it in this game. In the game. <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Very, very complicated. Um. Yeah. Sophie was the only uh, 
cast member ever to express that she was bisexual. But she did. But she did it, it in a weird. In a Tom was like, or someone was like, Katie. oh, this means that you're bisexual, and she was like, no, no. And yeah, she like, was like, you I dated two women. Yeah, but so is. Oh, I feel is, like she did. No, no. She said I dated two women, and then he said, so are you bi? And she said no. So I was wondering, is that. Is that a UK thing that you guys aren't as... Because my first LGBT parade was in London. Um, so I didn't really understand why she would be kind of skirty about it. I'm not sure. I think I think Sophie probably was... I think she was probably quite conscious of opening up beyond yeah. whatever yeah. barrier she'd set already. Yeah. Uh, so I think she was probably quite conscious of that. It With was regards a personal to like thing. The wider, what's an interesting thing is... It wouldn't like it was a bit of news that Sophie was in a, a lesbian relationship or whatever you want to say a same-sex relationship, but I'll ask you guys like how do you think the press would have reacted if it had turned out to be one of the guys that had then gone oh like I don't fancy a girl anymore I fancy getting it on with this lad instead. I think over here we're working on it so much that it would It'd be it would be accepted yeah. But over there, it, but that doesn't mean okay that it media accept thing versus like day-to-day -day acceptance is very different totally like, same shit with racism you know you might see people being like hyper politically correct but you walk around and black people gay people still might feel very yeah like unwelcome yeah 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 um i think media wise it would probably still be pretty taboo pretty yeah it would be everywhere probably yeah it's just bizarre it's bizarre the way that um you even me, I can I can feel my own cognitive bias like running through that that scenario in my mind. Uh -huh. For some reason, it seems less newsworthy that Sophie wanted to be in a lesbian relationship than if a guy had wanted to be in a gay relationship. One hundred percent. I think guys deal I with that. I can't work out why. I don't know time. why that's the case. I don't. Yeah, and I don't think that I actually had somebody write to me on the How Come page, and she was like, "You said that a guy can suck a dick once, and that doesn't make him gay." And I'm like, "Yeah, I believe that. Like, I think." Like, the same way though all, Sophie doesn't want to end up with a woman though yeah. she's, so she doesn't consider 100%. herself percent. okay then that's fine yeah but this girl was saying to me once you as a man only though touch a member of the same sex you are gay you are not straight anymore and with a woman you can go back in right. and out I think that's a huge issue that like men are dealing with men are so hell-bent yeah. on like hyper masculinity like look how big my dick is like all this stuff and it's like Mm -mm. it's it's toxic it's toxic it's sad for men i've been, i've uh dated briefly a guy who's 90 percent gay 10 percent straight and i loved it so you guys should do you've it you've also always been attracted to gay guys i love like a smooth <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. silky yeah yeah i don't know i think that's an issue that's not going to be fixed by Love Island or by no, anything. Yeah. I mean, the same way any TV show, any movie, any school, whatever it is, has those issues. Like, we all need to do better. The U.S. show Are You the One, which is a dating show, actually has a new season coming out called Come One, Come All, where all the cast members are into both genders or all genders. And I think there should be a Love Byland where everyone's bi and it's a free for all. I mean, there's so much chaos at the moment. Like, just try you. At least you know that it's only kind of like bi directional. Or at yeah, least you've yeah. got an idea of who's after who. 
Like if you then need to you multiply that to the power of two, mm-hmm. like that's just that, that's impossible. Well, well, totally. they're There's, doing it. Remember the show Next? I don't know if you, oh, you probably never yes. see that. There was the oh show Next God. on MTV in oh like two thousand seven or something. Yeah, and uh, you would have five contestants on a bus. Basically, each would go out, have a date, be sent back on the bus if if they the were ugly. Like next, them. immediately. <laughs> But oh my God. Yeah. then as time went on, they were like, you know, we should really do like have gay contestants on here, which <laughs> sort of backfired, though, because then all the guys on the then bus, they would get they would say no, you know, go back to the bus. But then everyone just starts hooking up, up on, on the, the bus. bus. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. So the whole house, well, everyone I mean, would just be uh, we, fucking here. And yeah. There. <laughs> we said this on the relationships podcast. Like, if you think that guys going after girls is if you think that men are the sexual protagonists in a heterosexual relationship Mm -hmm. like imagine if the one limiting barrier that is a woman's choice gets removed like (laughs) it is no surprise that gay men do loads of fucking like if you love fucking you should just go gay yeah yeah there's no one to say no anymore yeah and lesbians have more orgasms than straight women so if you want to have more orgasms start hooking up with ladies um, I mean, we're, we're, there's not going to be many humans left in a little while, but <laughs> the brief period for the people that are alive right now, there's going to be loads of sex. We got enough people in China to keep us covered. Um, Fine, yeah. yeah. Chinese need to remain straight, but everyone else can turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone else can be gay. Um, okay, so the orgasms brings me to my question, which we ask on every episode. Do you remember your first orgasm? And if so, when was it? And tell no, us no, but I can tell you about when I lost my virginity, if that counts. Sure. Uh, so this was on the way back from work. Uh, so I was 17 mm-hmm. and I worked at a hotel that had an on-site restaurant. And there was a girl who was a year older than me and she was giving me a lift home. And we went via an industrial estate. So I lost my virginity in a VW Lupo, which is the equivalent <laughs> of like a Fiat 500. It is, I mean... If you want to try and turn up the level of complexity when oh you already are, there's quite a bit of complexity involved in sex, even for someone that's experienced, then yeah. it's your first time. And now you're doing it in somewhere which is probably about like 20 square feet of cubic <laughs> cu- cubic capacity, yeah. like at most. And the, the seat doesn't go flat. And yeah, I mean, it was it, mercifully, it was brief, I think, for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was my first. Uh, had had she had sex before? Probably. What's that? Had she had sex before? Uh, yes. Yeah. She's, yeah. She sounds ballsy to do it in the car. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, had you been familiar with what was going to happen at the end, like for a few years already? Like, had you been yeah. hanging out with Chris? Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're a you're a boy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start you start to play with your penis before you like. You know play what football your penis is. You? Like, yeah. yeah. Most of our our male guests had like dry orgasms first like when they were little just like humping pillows and stuff yeah. and <laughs> yeah and then the first well there a lot of them are like 11 11 or 12 yeah but you don't remember the first time it was like what the I'd, fuck I'd, est- I'd estimate around there but i can't uh yeah my my powers of recall aren't aren't good enough to work that one out I'm you didn't afraid. tell friends or anything you kept it to yourself and then just kept going yeah yeah i think yeah. the the male um the normal route that men go on about their sexuality especially until they start to grow up is uh it's a very closed off topic to discuss yeah. like it's 
especially before you can talk about it from that kind of lad perspective yeah where it almost becomes bragging yeah mm-hmm. like at the age of at the age of 12 13 like you're not bragging you just you're terrified Practicing. of what's happening to your body and you're yeah. worried worried about whether or not your final fantasy account's going to get deleted totally. like that's really that's what you're focusing on yeah definitely that's what that's what i like about love island too though compared to the u.s i think the guys are way more in tune with their feelings and yeah. emotions and way more outspoken than like most guys jordan's the I first know. guy i thought i saw, i think i saw cry on tv that i was like whoa like we're real men yeah cry hmm. like that <laughs> i love it. i love and when then guys you cry. guys were fucking kissing each other goodbye and i was like i love this it's the best mm, gay. it's just so no. normal it's not it's just more in tune and more empathetic yeah yeah it's normal and it's well, lovely think, again with that like even on that episode so i can talk about that i was leaving and i don't really know why i got so so emotional about it because i wasn't massively emotionally invested definitely not in any of the girls i, I think i've said about yeah. five words to all of the girls since i left yeah but like i was i think most of it was the change of pace within a emotionally charged situation generally it's a very intense experience definitely but even as that as that was happening i hadn't done enough introspective work or self-inquiry to realize that the fact that I was feeling emotions was something to be proud of. And I was like, mm. I was terrified of looking vulnerable on TV. Mm-mm. And I was like, oh God, like if I feel like if I look like, you know, I've been crying or whatever, that's some form of weakness or whatever it is. And you're like, that that was kind of the tip of the spear that reminded me like, look, like you really just need to work out what the fuck's going on. Because if something, if there's an experience that keeps on manifesting itself or that does manifest itself and yet you're so combination of embarrassed ashamed nervous about mm-hmm. being vulnerable to do with it you really need to work out like what what's happening yeah, yeah. Um, and then like if I was to go in again I'd be crying every day like yeah. I'd be yeah. absolutely fine yeah so yeah and they'd probably so, send in somebody perfect for you and the, mm, they should have a love island all-stars or something yeah, it'd be fun. Still, still single of Island. That still, yeah, all stars. Still single. <laughs> Doing I mean, our best. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any more questions? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I'm good. Oh no, I have one more. Okay, so at the end of all the We Really Love Island episodes, we do a vocab lesson because you guys say words that we've never heard of. Um, is there anything in vogue right now that people are saying that we can get like ahead of the curb? Oh dear me. What's interesting is that because Love Island's quite London centric, mm-hmm. so if you look at where the majority of people are going to come from, it's going to be like Essex, London, down south, and the south coast. Mm-hmm. So for Newcastle, if anyone wants to learn some new words, if you really want to expand your vocabulary, just watch a couple of episodes of Geordie Shore. Oh, yeah, I've watched some. I've never seen it. Yeah, I liked Gaz right. from X on the Beach, so I went back and I watched some of Geordie Shore. Yeah, so Geordie Shore is the equivalent of Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, but Geordie, which is, so I'm back, slap bang in the middle of Newcastle right now, and Geordie is like one of the heaviest dialects. We're next to Scotland, so it's as far away from everything else as you can get. So there's a term called YI man. YI? YI man, yeah, okay. which is, so YI is, it's an equivalent of come on, but you could also use it as um, a term to confirm something. So someone would say, are you coming out later on tonight? And you go, why I, man? Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. So there you go. 
go. You've got you've got a new one. All right. And then um, at the end of every episode of How Come, I have to ask as a courteous um, host of a sexual experience, which this has been somewhat sexual, but more relationshipy. Yeah. But I got to ask anyway. Chris, did you finish? <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, thank you for coming. Um, we had the best time. Where can uh, our listeners find you online and listen to your podcast? So, if you search Modern Wisdom wherever you listen, wherever you're listening now, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it might be. Mm-hmm. And if you search at Chris Will X on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is, feel free to get in touch. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure, girls. It's been really Perfect. fun. Thank you for having me yeah, on. Yeah, we had the it best so time. Fun. Thank you so much, Chris. Charlotte, where can everybody find you online? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Sharkastic, like C-H-A-R-K-A-S-S-T-I-C. Clever as hell. Lily, where can everybody find you? I'm at Lil's Michelle on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. And you can also hear Lily on season two of We Really Love Island. And you can hear Charlotte on season two of How Come. Um, Charlotte, did you finish? I did. Lily, did you finish? I always do. All right, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for coming, and we'll see you next time on Love Island. And how come? And how come. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye, Chris. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. We know we really love Island. How come? How come? Do you? If you really love We Really Love Island... How come? How come? Let us know. Leave a rating and review and tell everybody you know to subscribe too. And always remember that we're not affiliated with Love Island, ITV, CBS, or anything. We're not official anything. We're just two comedian girls. Thank you. Goodbye. It's not you, it's me. I try so hard to finish honestly They say you'll know When you go all the way from A right down to O Oh no I think that I've still got a ways to go Oh I'm sick of this and I have got to know How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just.